This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. And that's the problem as well, right? When so much of activism happens on social media, they want change to be that quick. And when it doesn't happen, they get frustrated very fast, you know. But like you said, the lesson, it seems to me, from lost, right? Mm-hmm. The things that are lost in the transition, right? From past equivalent to analog, present equivalent digitization is that, look, look at these gaps that you're not filling, right? Look at what they're asking you to think about. Look at what they're inviting you to imagine, right? And that to me is analogous to what democratization process is about, right? Seeing the perspectives on offer, recognizing the gaps and trying to push for more critical discourse in order for the gaps to be understood, right? BFM 89.9, you're listening to me, Ahmad Fuad Rahmat, and this is Night School, the show that explores concepts, theories, and society. This week, we welcome, all the way from Thailand, photographer and artist Manit Sriwanich Pum to the studio because he is in KL to promote his latest exhibition called Lost that is held at the A-plus Works of Art in Sentul, which will be running from May 10th all the way to June 2nd. Welcome to the studio and welcome to Malaysia. Thank you for inviting me in a very exciting moment. Yeah, in full disclosure, we are recording this on the 10th of May, which is exactly the day after it was announced that Dr. Mahathir will be our next Prime Minister, defeating the 60-year-old Amno regime. So how does it feel to be in Malaysia at a very exciting time? Oh, that is an amazing moment. I'm glad that to be among the uh, Malaysian friends mm-hmm. who really, you know, fighting to get rid of the corrupt government, thing like that. This is something Thailand should learn from mm. from Malaysian people, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think, because you know what's happening in Thailand yeah. uh, today. Yeah. So, and this brings me to the centrality of politics in your work as well. I mean, your work has always been about, you know, not just... I mean, on one hand, there are these aesthetic considerations, but you also consider or locate your work in a broader discourse of protests and human rights? Yes, that is my, my concern. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, uh, everyone should be involved in politics because of politics is, no matter even you say no, politics is part of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I think this is, uh, people should be aware of that and mm-hmm. should, be, should be part of that and should take part of it. Yeah. And, Today that I, I can see how uh, Malaysian people so involved in the politics and yeah can be able to express themselves through election. Yeah, that's that's just amazing. Yeah, and especially for Southeast Asia with this long history of authoritarianism, this long history of corrupt politics, moments like these signal to the rest of the region that even though it's just happening in Malaysia, there are lessons that other countries can learn. Exactly, exactly. One thing that Malaysian people so lucky that have the Dr. Mahate, who, I mean, I think he have done a lot to the country. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that to see that people, I mean, the opposition who used to be jailed by, by him mm-hmm. in the moment that the country need to be united mm-hmm. and everybody leave, I mean, their own parts, you know, 
in uh, I mean their own grudges in the past and mm-hmm. apart from that and to be able to you know to get together and do something that meaningful to the country and bring country forward I think something this uh, we should learn in in Thailand we we gone through a lot of I mean uh, problem mm-hmm. you know and especially corruption is Thailand is one of the probably known in the world too <laughs> that yeah, one, one, right. uh, corrupt country mm-hmm. I mean, and we people try to uh, to fight for that you yeah. know and yeah from what what I experienced on this time that and even among the Malaysian friend who kindly say to me that I should have hope you know mm-hmm. hope is important and to me like you know like when you're sinking and you you don't know whether, whether when you're gonna touch the bottom yeah. when it's that and then you bow back you yeah. know yeah. it seemed that they say I, I I say that the Thai Sea quite deep so <laughs> yeah, we haven't that's touched true. the bottom yet and different tides but you're right it's about bouncing back too right because there was the reformacy wave here in the late 90s like Banu Ibrahim and then his party lost again and came up again these are restless waves that you just have to ride and Hoping is about being patient too and riding through those waves, right? Um, it's not a straightforward journey. Yeah, we need um, understanding and we need people to really not to think just about yourself. Right. And at this moment, we can see that our party, I mean, leave their interest mm-hmm. and get together. Yeah. This is the most important that I think good example for the uh, South Asian country to to learn from that. Yeah. This is not yet a part of the narrative, but one of the things that we can say about the current movement of political parties is that it's featured some prominent people in the arts. So Fami Fazil was a practitioner in theatre for the longest time before he ran for office. Edri Faisal was also a rapper, also with the DAP. Um, Hisham Rais, he didn't contest, but he's an activist, has been vocal for the... Uh, for the movement, right? So arts have made an appearance there, you know, at the level of party politics to show that, you know, the arts need not just be this thing that a few people do at the corner quietly, you know, it can be a part of change as well. So tell us a little bit about where you see the connection between the arts and politics. How is art itself a political act? I believe that if you want to change something, to start from yourself. You can't just sit down and imagine that change gonna happen if you don't take the action. So for instance in in in, in my part that I I involve in many um, activity. For instance I I involve in uh, during the campaign for the art center. Now today we we have the Bangkok Art Center one of the the most important institution which is um I mean we think like this is among the artists friend that claim that this is the only, let's say, the concrete victory that the artist gained. Mm-hmm. I mean, during the so many issues that we involve, but this is the one of the significant victory. And I also involved in um, fighting against the censorship, mm-hmm. I mean, film censorship. So right now, me and my wife, in Kanchanawan, is also build up the micro-cinema mm-hmm for 48 seats plus, you know, to uh, space for wheelchair. And and this something like this, um, we have to, I mean, to take action. Yeah. And we cannot just complain. Yeah. So, and we do, 
the part that we good at. So, as you know, that art that can can translate or can send a message to the public. Yeah, I mean the good thing that we can we want the uh, to send a message. So something like this, this is the most important. And yeah, that what I been doing mm-hmm. for I mean over thirty years. Yeah, do you think photography is a particularly unique medium in that regard because it's visual, people see it, and it catches people's attention much easier than say a novel, for example, right? So, to what extent does medium play a role in making some forms of art effective and some forms of art less effective? Do you make that distinction, or you think that all art has a role to play? Um, I mean, compared to other medium. Photography is quite advantage in the sense that it's so close to to the people. Or I mean, uh, audience can feel connected to uh, photography easily. Mm-hmm. And because of the part of that is, um, is uh, the people grow up with the medium. You know, if you want to have your ID card, you go to the I mean uh, Photoshop. But today you have the mobile phone, and everyone right. have camera with you, and you don't need much of the uh, let's say skill today. Mm-hmm. The technology allow you to express yourself to to photography. You know something like that. That's why the benefits of this can make photography become popular. Yeah, um, and, it's very democratic then in that and, regard. Yes, People can just take and share, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. That and you know that's why um, people communicate through visual picture like photograph. Rather than text, even the text mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. you know now they share yeah, the photograph, yeah. and and photograph is like somehow is people consider is an evidence if you don't doctor it or yeah. alter it you know, but people still believe the power of the photography. Yeah, but photography seems to be more connected to say journalism than art. Right. Uh, so, and you were a photojournalist before, yeah, yeah. right? So, tell us a little bit about how you thought through that distinction. Because if you just wanted politics, you could have stayed a photojournalist. Mm-hmm. But art offers a different dimension, right? So, how do you connect the two between photography as a political medium and photography as political and artistic? You know, one thing about photography that they have a term that point of view hmm. from whom who take picture. You know, because you and the camera and the subject. So when you look at a photograph, you have question who this photograph take from whom mm-hmm. and where, when, right? And that is why if you know this notion, then you can, you can play with it. And as a photojournalist that I, I used to be, I know that, you know, photojournalist that you just sit, sitting in the office and waiting for the call. And when something happened, the new break up and then you just run to the scene mm-hmm. and take picture and that is why for me that I, I don't want to do that right, right. and to be an artist you mean that you create your own uh, story you create uh, your own idea and then you express through the medium mm-hmm. that's why what I'm doing yeah. yeah so in a lot of ways it's yeah. about your individual expression that comes through yeah. uh, the medium rather than just like you said being assigned to be sent somewhere and take photos right yeah, yeah. yeah so there's a voice quote unquote in the images as yeah. well Fascinating. So let's take a break right now and we'll be right back after these messages to speak to photographer and artist all the way from Thailand, uh, Manit Sriwanich Pum, who is here to exhibit his most current exhibition called Lost at the A-plus Works of Art in Sentul. I'm Ahmad Fat Rahma and this is Night School on BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9, you're listening to me, Ahmad Fawad Rahmat, alongside Manit Sriwanich Pum, a photographer and artist, uh, all the way from Thailand here in KL to do Lost, his exhibition, currently hosted by A Plus Works of Art and Sentol. Now, the timing is very interesting here because you came when the oldest party regime has fallen and the exhibition starts on the 10th, which is a day after. So tell us a little bit about the thought process behind the decision to continue with the exhibition despite the uncertainties. Yeah, but, um, I didn't know that the Malaysian going to have the election because we planned, you know, this thing we planned ahead in, it's like one year, you know, ahead. But suddenly it fall into that this week and, and then the, uh, you know, Jojo Lim, the Gallery director mm-hmm. asked me whether I should I postpone or should I move because of maybe you know it's something happening thing like that. You know what I I come from Thailand who have like you know protests and everything you know political unrest thing yes, like that. Yes. Something like this. No, for me like I can't <laughs> go with this. I'm okay. No, yeah. no matter. I mean, if the riot happened in in KL, I'm fine because yeah. You know, in, in this situation that Bangkok people get used to that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I confirm that I want to, and I want to be at the moment that people, you know, in the mood that they have to, you know. It's amazing time that I'm, I'm lucky that I, I'm here and experience and, you know, be around the crowd that, you yeah. know. Yeah, that'll be very interesting to see the discussions you have mm-hmm. at your show. And I think it goes back to the point you made in the first part of the show where art, if it is to be valued, has to be in the thick of politics, right? It cannot wait, it cannot step aside. It has to be where the hoping is happen, where, happening, where the transitions are taking place. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really interesting decision. Um, the accidental or coincidental overlapping of the exhibition and the elections ties into, in a way, the theme of loss, right? Because it's about accidents, Right, so <laughs> tell us about that. Like in general, I mean, I don't want to describe it because I might describe it wrongly. But in general, it is about how images change mediums, right? And then there are things that are lost in that transition okay. accidentally. So tell us more about what's behind that. This series came to me when I when I work on a, a project. I call it like rediscovering Thai master of photography. I I have the idea for this project because of, you know, South Asian and Thailand, you know, we don't have like our own photography history, you know, because of we probably, we not really care much about the history and something like this. Uh, that why, uh, especially in, in Thailand, that uh, when I, the time that I, I was a teacher, I have to translate the Western text all the time. And I think, I might be, why, what happened? Mm-hmm. Should we have our own history? Yeah. So then I decide to, to go back to find out whether I can find something that I can, I can learn from the past. Right. So that's why uh, the, this project came up to me and, and, and I managed to discover about seven photographers from the period of the, in the 50 and 70. Mm-hmm. And currently this show went to NUS in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And the show is on now until December. I think if people travel to Singapore, you okay. can go to NUS Museum. Interesting. And apart from that, during my research, 
I ask the local photographer who happened to have the negative glass negative of the well-known Phuket local Phuket photographer mm-hmm. Ling Yu. So he sent me a um, file from the scan, and at first I didn't notice that something happened. And then when I have time and I look back, I found that many photographs from the scan it collapsed, you know, and right. some something is it's like you know when you look at the television, mm-hmm. sometimes you know the signal fell, right. and then you see the you know the lie happening on the picture, and when I realize that. Wow, this is have the meaning, because we try to to scan the analog film. We try to digitize the right. analog film, but then it's happened that we believe that the modern technology can can be perfect. Right, you know right. what we try to do, but actually it also fail. Right, and because of, of talking about the history in Thailand, the history, most of the history, it just about the rural. Or about the king, or about the monarchy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. History is not about common people, right? And even common people among themselves, they think that they're not so important, so they don't care about their own history. Mm-hmm. And that is why my project is beside that. I I want people to be aware that our history also important. When they realize that the history is so important, their self-esteem gonna right. come. You know, right. there's so something like this. I have um agenda behind the mm-hmm. project that I want people to respect themselves through right. do the record your own history. Uh, somehow my project happened that although I try to do that, mm-hmm. it still fail. I spell that I want to emphasize that even we try so hard, we don't really know. I mean the name of the people in the photograph, right? Because we we have been neglect and we did. I mean, mm-hmm. we not really care about our histories for too long, right? Right. So it, that's why I call it lost because even though we try to save our history, yeah, but that's an interesting move though because in a way digitization becomes a critique of, or rather, a critical move against the belief that progress is always good. Right, because sometimes you need to pause and look at, you know, what are we missing? What are the details that we're forgetting? So it seems to me that by saying that, you know, that these accidents that you can see when you transfer analog to digital is in a way a reflection of how is it that we don't pay attention to things when we just think of moving on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And in in the current speed, I mean, the digital era, we lost so many things, right? Mm-hmm. Tend to move fast. And we we ignore. I mean, and when the more you move fast, too fast, and then so many things that you left behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I realized that I noticed today. Uh, people have the short attention and probably short yeah. memory. Like you said, the kind of priority we give to images and the visual comes at the price of compromising text or mm-hmm. time or reading. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that what happening today, and I hope that people come and can see uh, my work and give an idea right. about, and you know that, because when 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 I look at the photograph that uh, I got at first, I felt that people in the picture want to communicate to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and then I want I want to, let's say, try to keep that feeling yeah. that they trap in the space. 
in the photograph, and they cannot really be able to to talk to to express themselves. That's very interesting. So the point it seems to me is not about getting back in touch with some pure objective past, but to see the gaps, yeah. and the gaps open for interpretation, right? Exactly. The gaps, the gaps sort of invites imagination, mm. right? What mm. Happened at that time, right? How is it that I can feel so far apart from that phenomena, even though it's my own history, right? So the accidents reveals the chance for you to create narratives, right? Exactly. To fill in the blanks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like about about this project. Mm-hmm. And I think when when even you you everyone have photograph of your maybe ancestor, your your grandma, mm-hmm. grandpa, or even your your parent in your house. And then when you look at a photograph and you feel something, yeah. you know, it's always something there. And that's why in the old days they say that in the early 19th century when the photograph invented and, and sent to Asia and many even Africa and somewhere, and people refuse to be photographed mm-hmm. because they say that there's this. I mean, there's still there the soul, the, the right? soul yeah. right? And part of that is that true because of <laughs> I went to Kenya and and I, and when I take my camera up and I want to take picture, and Kenyan people deny it mm-hmm. and they get upset because they experience about what photography have done to them. Right, you know, that, right. Uh, I mean... Under colonialism. Uh, under and, colonial, yeah, yeah. They, their connection. They the became objects. That, yeah. yeah, they think that they... I mean, the experience from the experience that uh, this is the tool uh, from the uh, Korean master mm-hmm. used mm-hmm. to, I mean, to record their... their I mean. Yeah. Uh, and I think we can sense the need for that sort of criticality even in a you know mundane sense right like for example people are returning to vinyl now Mm -hmm. because nowadays you can just stream a song on your phone pick any song in the world you can just play it right and now people feel that something is lost in that immediacy so they buy old records you know (laughs) even my students now are talking about collecting cassettes you know, during during my time, maybe our time, cassettes were a nuisance, right? Because you have to like fast forward for the song, look for it. It's like all the time wasted. But the difficulty made us value that experience more. When say today, all you have to do is just like click, right? I think I, I noticed that this became a trend, you know, for the new generation mm-hmm. that they, they want to slow down everything. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the process that how you slow yourself down, if you still do the same. I mean, you you still sit in a fast fast train. Mm-hmm. So then you have to move from the fast yeah. train to the slow train. Then you can be able to enjoy the scene. You know. Yeah. You can be able to you know get the I mean the sense of slow life. You know. Yeah. That yeah. that why I mean I I can imagine that you know, and especially the new generation who grow up with the uh, old and modern technology, everything so quick so fast and and yeah. And and thing nothing important anymore. Anything you do and it lasts in in a, in a second, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And this is very dangerous. Yeah, you know? I agree. Because thought takes time, interpretation takes time, knowledge takes time, right? Anything instant is immediately disposable, and that's the problem. And tying into our earlier conversation about politics, change takes time too. And sometimes I teach a lot of eighteen-year-olds, uh, nineteen-year-olds, right? And I noticed that there's a lot of energy, but they get disappointed very fast because things are not instant. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I, I want a revolution tomorrow. I said, it's not going to work like that. You know, it's about building 
every single step uh, and learning from the mistakes. And then in the long run, you see change taking place. But, you know, they see the world, they're frustrated and you appreciate their anger and energy. But sometimes the most impatient sort of demands are the ones that will disappear quickly because they don't want to wait, you know? Yeah, that that is very dangerous world because uh, people react so, I mean, instantly without any, mm-hmm. I mean, pause or think about what they're going to say. If you look at the social media, you know, people react in like just when they disagree some some issue, they're not living think totally. Yeah. They just right away and then like a slam or scorn or something like yeah. react in, yeah. in in very very rough and, and I think and then in create, you know, like a tension create you know their you know this is negativity, this is right? Yeah, yeah. This this is uh, the world I mean full of, you know, people who really know tolerance, yeah. you know. Yeah. And because they don't know how to take time to yeah. or to digest, you know, they don't digest any information they receive, you know. When they get information, they need time to to digest. Yeah. You don't let your food, I mean, That's or true. your body digest the food, and now you just want to, you know, you you just want to throw out. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that is of political significance, right? Because democracy takes time. When you want to hear, let's say, there's like ten perspectives, and you want to hear every one of them so that we can all make a decision. That takes time. You have to be patient and do justice to all of them, you know. But people think, uh, and that's the problem as well, right? when so much of activism happens on social media, they want change to be that quick. And then when it doesn't happen, they get frustrated very fast, you know. But like you said, the lesson, it seems to me, from lost, right? Mm-hmm. The things that are lost in the transition, right? From past equivalent to analog, present equivalent digitization is that, look, look at these gaps that you're not filling, right? Look at what they're asking you to think about. Look at what they're inviting you to imagine, right? And that, to me, is analogous to what democratization process is about, right? Seeing the perspectives on offer, recognizing the gaps, and trying to push for more critical discourse in order for the gaps to be understood, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is uh, important. You know, uh, I hope people can uh, learn something or have something that uh, have a dialogue I mean yeah. over my work and and I hope that we can we choose to uh, take a I mean, slow pace you know slow yeah. walk yes and, yes and, and and something like this is important because of uh, if you want change happen quickly that is cause violence yeah only the violence can make things happen mm-hmm. quick yeah you know and that in it is we can understand that. I mean, anything yep. change fast, and it's had to be violent. Yeah, yep. you can change fast. Yeah. So if you if you want something, if you want peace, and if you want everything to be, I mean, calm and thing like that, it takes time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Because there's a long term, right? I mean, I'm 37 this year. Maybe it's my 30s or something, but I appreciate slowness a lot more because I think in my 20s you're this young idealistic guy and you just want everything you want the entire world to be possible you know but truth be told you have to make choices about the kinds of paths you need to take for the long run because that's what change requires right focus depth 
and making sure you stick through the journey. And the interesting part about what you uh, you just said just now, your invitation to engage your works is that it's happening at a very interesting time in Malaysia. You know, 20 years of fighting for change has finally materialized. So I hope people do catch your show. Now they can find out more about your exhibition through the A Plus Gallery website, right? They can yes, Google that yes, and find yes. it or Facebook mm-hmm. as well. And they can Google your work too, right? So it runs from the 10th of May all the way to June 2nd. The opening hours will be from 12 to 7, Tuesdays to Saturdays. The gallery is closed on Sunday, Monday and public holidays. And of course, there's also the A Plus Art Asia Instagram page where they can follow to keep track with events and discussions. Thanks so much again, Manit, for joining the show. Appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your experience with us. Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, so email the show at bfmnightschoolgmail.com if you have questions uh, look up our Facebook page as well or download our app at the Apple App Store or Google Play once again I'm Ahmad Farahma and this is Night School on BFM 89.9 The Business Station Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.